Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and happy Friday. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by... Where are we presented by? Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the yes. New York Football Giants. I went through three different car brands before I got the Cadillac in my brain. Uh, the official luxury vehicle of the New York Football Giants. Thanks so much for being with us. John Schmelk, Paul Dottino with you. Taking your phone calls at 201-939-4513. Giants and Commanders on Sunday. I want to get to your calls quickly today, folks. So get in there, 201-939-4513. Uh, hashtag Giants chat if you prefer that. Or um, I haven't looked at emails yet this week. So if you want to go to uh, Big Blue Kickoff at uh, gmail.com. You can send us some of your emails that way. I'll go see if I can bring that up right now and uh, see what we got here um, for that. So, Paul, um, Commanders, I guess the big news today, if you consider a big news, is that the Giants had um, a couple of injury issues. Dory Jackson, I mean, he'll not going to play. Nope. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jalen Hyatt will do a little bit more in practice, and we'll see what they do after they get evaluated post-practice today. Right. Uh, the other item is that uh, Coach Dable said they had not decided on a kicker yet. Remember, uh, Randy Bullock um, has been activated the last couple of weeks off the practice squad to kick. Cade York is actually on the 53. And so they have this Sunday still to elevate Bullock for a third week. But then after that, they've got to decide what they're going to do with him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they decide to handle that. Um, I imagine, you know, based on what Thomas McGee said the other day, that they're still working through things yeah. with um, with York, that I imagine it would probably be, if I had to guess, uh, Bullock in this game. I would think so, too. Uh, and by the way, you know, I, I have to tell you, I, I appreciate what they're doing with York because they think he is a very talented young kicker who, you know, has only had one year in the National Football League, but he's got one heck of a cannon of a leg. And much like, remember, some years ago when they had Aldrich Rosas here, uh, we're talking about a guy who has so much natural ability. They want to see if they can kind of hone th- on uh, hone in on things with him. McGee said that they they've got technique issues that they're trying to work through with him to see if he really could be a significant threat as a kicker. And I bring this to your attention, folks, because a lot of a lot of people have been complaining to me. I've gotten complaints. Well, why are they carrying the two kickers, and why is York on the fifty-three? Well, to get York off the Titans practice squad, he had to go to the Giants 53. 
You could right. not sign him to your practice squad. So if you really think he's got potential as a guy who you may want to use going forward, we don't know what Graham Gano's situation is going to be. He's going to have a minor procedure on his knee. I think he already had it, right? Uh, I don't know if he had, did he have it already? I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know if he's actually had it yet okay. or not. But but Gano has been in this league a long time. He had a procedure. Nobody knows exactly how he's going to come out of that and what his long-term prognosis is. So if the Giants think that Cade York is somebody that they want to keep an eye on, this is their way of kind of trying him out and seeing if they can polish him up. And the truth of the matter is, it's not like they're playing for a division championship right now. Right. So you have the luxury of doing it. Yeah, you'd rather try to maybe develop a kicker through that in a year than the other way around. But again, Gano was also just signed to a long-term contract extension. So I don't think that's someone that they're looking to move away from. In any I don't way, think they're looking to, but what if physically, after the procedure, things aren't what they're supposed to be? you got to protect yourself. Sure. 201-939-4513. Now for the commander game, Paul, and it's funny. Yeah. You know, you had, you know, when we talked about the commanders in the offseason, we're like, oh, you know, they have some players on the roster that are pretty good, but, you know, you don't know about the quarterback. And now we're in week 11, and you look at the commanders and say, what's the strongest part of their team? Well, it's their passing game with their quarterback. <laughs> that that is now the strongest part of the commander's team. That's where we've gone here. Yes. Uh, they have the highest pass rate in the league. No one's throwing more passes. No one throws a higher percentage of passes. If you had Sam Howell as leading the NFL in passing yards in week 11 on your bingo card, congratulations. Go play the lottery. I think you might have some luck. <laughs> And they have three good receivers. They got a good running back in Brian Robinson, an offensive line that's a little leaky. But the Giants gave up, I couldn't believe when I saw this number, nine plays through just through the air of 25 or more yards last week. You know, this is, to me, the crux of this matchup. Can the Giants slow down the big play passing game of Washington, mm -hmm. who's constantly trying to get the ball down the field in terms of covering a very good group of wide receivers that has a nice variety of skill sets in McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. And can they get to the quarterback to, to take away his time to make those type of plays? And that's how they succeeded four weeks ago when Dexter Lawrence wrecked the game and was in the backfield every other play. Correct. I believe if I were to jog my memory, two sacks, six tackles. <laughs> was it four quarterback hits? And, I don't remember the quarterback and hits. And a couple, but... and, and was it three tackles for a loss? He was dominant. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. I remember the sacks are counted in the tackles for loss. Yeah. Which, which, which I hate, by the way. They I don't be like that numbers, either. But I, that bugs the heck out of me. But nonetheless, uh, that was, that was and, and the Jets game also, I think he had like five quarterback hits in that game. Those two games back-to-back -back were as strong a performance as Dexter Lawrence has had all season long. Now, look. Came out Thibodeau on a nice game in that game, too. He did. Mm -hmm. He did. Now, I think the other thing to keep in mind here, John, you mentioned Adore Jackson already with the concussion protocol. Well, yeah. Flats also banged up. And so is Deontay Banks. And so is Deontay Banks. Yep. So we don't know exactly where they are. Now, we think those two guys might play, but we don't know. We just don't know. So, you know, you could be looking at more of uh, McLeod, uh, more of Holmes. I mean, this is this is kind of what... And Hawkins. And Hawkins. This, yeah. this is what's on tap, potentially. Yeah, and again, it's a very good wide receiver core that yeah. can get dicey. Uh, the Washington offensive line. Well, again, we'll try to rapid fire this, folks, and I want to make sure I get to your calls again. It's 201-939-4513. Uh, the Washington offensive line, Paul, looks uh, much different, or, or at least fairly different, based on what we saw uh, last time from Washington. New left guard in Chris Paul. He's in there for Sadiq Charles, who I actually believe got hurt in that Giants mm -hmm. game. He hasn't played since. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Gates got benched after the Giants game. Veteran Tyler Larson mm -hmm. is in for him. 
And quite frankly, neither guy has played particularly well since that game. No. They've given up a lot of pressures. Now, I think, and Brian Dable and I think Wink Martindale both said this earlier in the week, I think Sam Howell has accelerated his process a little bit. He's getting the ball out a little bit quicker the last few yes, weeks since that Giants game. Yep. He's sacked, just been sacked seven times in the last three weeks, which, you know, isn't a great number, but it's certainly no. better than he had. He was sacked four times or more in every single game heading into that Giants game and five or more times every time but once heading into that Giants game, you know, four weeks ago. So I think they're starting to figure out how to, and Howell's trying to figure out how to protect himself a little bit behind the leaky offensive line. Yeah, I think the the thing about Howell that, that you have to like is his toughness, his resiliency, and his grittiness. We talk about all the quarterbacks in this league who are getting knocked out of the lineup and all these guys who are getting chances to play, even as rookies. Think about this. Howell has been sacked 47 times. To your point about being sacked at least five times in a game, six different occasions that has happened to Howell, although not much over the last uh, month or so. Uh, he is the only, I repeat, he is the only quarterback Washington has had to use. So despite the fact that he's been getting pulverized all season, he has shown the resiliency to continue to get off the pavement, get up, and fire the ball downfield. He's got more completions, attempts, and and throw, uh, throws, attempts, completions, yards than anybody in the National Football League because he has been resilient. He has been able to stay in the lineup. So don't kid yourself, folks. The kid, the kid's tough. He is tough. And the Giants are going to have to do a really, really good job to make sure they throw him off his game. And he's got guts, not in the way you're talking about, but in the way he's willing to throw the ball down the field. And well, yeah. he will put the ball in the coverage. He leads the NFL in big-time throws, according to Pro Football Focus, with 24. That's because he's wow. just willing to put the ball in the coverage down the field. That's also why he has 16 turnover-worthy plays. So you might have some opportunities here to mm -hmm. make some plays down the field because he will throw the ball down the field into coverage and trust that, again, pretty talented wide receiver group to make plays. That's the point, John. He knows who he's got in that receiver room. Guys like McLaurin and Samuel and Dotson. And and obviously, you know, when, when Logan Thomas is, is healthy, which he's in the lineup right now, these guys will finish and complete passing plays for you. And when he has that kind of confidence that they will make the play on the other end of the ball, he's going to be much more willing to throw it in there. And so that doesn't surprise me at all that, that his numbers are of that nature. Yeah, no question about it. All right, let's flip to the other side of the ball. And again, I just think we talked about it. I, you know, rather than a true game preview, important things to watch for the Giants if you're evaluating the Giants here the final nine games of this mm -hmm. year. How the young quarterbacks do against the wide receiver core. Uh, we know, we, I mean, you're not really evaluating Dexter Lawrence. You know what he is at this point. But right. how the rest of the Giants pass rush can get after Sam Howell. I think that's important. And then can you get back to stopping the run? Because the Giants have not stopped the run well the last two weeks. They've given up 160 yards, 120-something yards against Dallas and the Raiders. You know, can you step up your game that way? So to me, those are the things you're kind of looking for for the Giants on the defensive side of the ball. I think you will see more snaps uh, probably because of the injuries, although who knows, maybe the game plan would require it anyway, from uh, Isaiah Simmons. I think he will play more snaps this week than maybe he's played uh, over the course of the, uh, the average snap count for the season. And then the other guy I think you're going to see a lot more of is Boogie Basham 
who in the last two weeks has significantly upped his snap count. Now we'll see if, if Thibodeau's playing and Ojolari's arrow yeah. continues to go up, then maybe not. But. Well, if both guys are able to give them a healthy game, right. I don't know that that's possible. Yeah, I don't right know now. if that's true either. Right. So those two guys may benefit from the extended playing time. And quite frankly, those guys, both of them, are, are in deals that will expire at the end of the season. So they need... They need to show with whatever opportunities they get that they've got they've got the arrow pointing up. Yep. All right. Join us on Sunday, November 19th at Hair of the Dog in Manhattan to watch the Giants take on the Commanders. Enjoy Modelo drink specials, meet a Giants legend, and enter a raffle to win game tickets and more. Visit Giants.com slash bar network to learn more. Um, other side of the ball, real quickly, Paul. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this as as kindly as possible, but yeah. the, the Washington defense is not very good. Um, 28th and e- 29th in EPA allowed per play. Uh, the passing defense is a lot worse than the rush defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, EPA per drop back, second worst in the league. Bottom five passing yards per game, passing yards per play, success rate. Uh, it, it's not great. Uh, and it's been worse since they traded their two pass rushers who were there for the first game against the Giants. Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they only have one sack in the two games since those guys have left. They don't have shutdown corners. You know, Benjamin St. Juice is, is a solid player. Fuller is a solid player. But these guys are not, you know, one-on-one shutdown type cornerbacks. And they allow more, they've allowed more 30-yard pass plays than any other team in the league this year. Uh, so I, I know it's Tommy DeVito. I know the Giants have issues with protection. But I don't know what they're going to do in the game and what the results are going to be. But I can tell you there are going to be opportunities for this Giants offense to make plays in this game if they can execute properly. There is one thing the Redskins or the Commanders, I take that back. How are you still doing that? It's been years now. Um, Not that long. When you consider how many years I called them the other They haven't been that for over five years. Is it really that long? Yeah, between Commanders and football team? No, it's been Commanders for two years and football team for what, two years before that? Check on that, uh, Pearson. I'm curious. Check on that. Anyway. Yeah, but for over 50 years of my life, they were the R I, I understand. Okay. So, in any event... Um, their defense, though, only giving up a 52% touchdown percentage in the red zone, which uh, is 14th in the NFL. That's right in the middle of the pack. What is it? Uh, 2020 person? was the last time they were known as that. All right, so this is okay. the third year. Okay. 2020 was the first time they were the football team. Oh, okay, so, so 2019 then. So this is the fourth season. This is the fourth season. That yes. they have not been the armor. Yes, that's correct. Okay. In any case, 14th in defense in the red zone. So, again, I don't know what their red zone numbers are since the trade of the edge rushers. But for the season, they've been very, very respectable when holding teams out of the, out of the end zone inside the 20. So that's one thing that you do have to keep in mind despite all of their holes. Yeah, 14th in red zone defense, 16th in third down defense, which is okay. Um, but, yeah, even their two defensive tackles this year, Paul, we know they got the name recognition and everything. Well, their numbers are down. Deron Payne just one sack this year, just 21 pressures their if you prefer that. Down. Just six quarterback hits. Jonathan Allen, four sacks. But he has a pressure rate of under, under 10%. He's just not winning as often as he has in past years. So, You know what's funny about that, John? I gave this stat on the MSG Brian Dable show, and, and unfortunately our segment ran a little long, so it got lost. I'll give it to you now. Since uh, Allen uh, has played in this league, remember his first year he was on IR. So, so he did not play his first season as a rookie with Washington. But since he's been playing in 2018, the Giants are 7-3-1 and 
against Washington. It's the team actually that they've owned. And 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Having said that, in six of those seven victories during that time, they held Allen without a sack. Now, I don't know if that's just a coincidence or not, but it seems overwhelmingly evidentiary that he is he is a guy who has the ability to turn the course of a game around. And we know that. And, you know, if if I'm Justin Pugh, and I talked to him about this yesterday. It'll be Pugh and Brightest, and that'll be dealing with them for much of the game. You know, you you got to make sure that Allen doesn't wreck the game. Yeah, mostly Pugh. It'll be mostly Pugh. Yeah. And Pugh has a lot of experience playing against him. He sure does. The league. So sure does. That'll be a fun matchup to watch. All right. Just a heads up, folks, at around 1 o'clock, I'm going to have to bail out of here for about 10 minutes because I have to go interview John Michael Schmitz for our radio pregame show and the Friday edition of the Giants Little Podcast. He's so, a part of that protection, too. He is, so I will I will definitely be talking to him about those yeah. two gentlemen, absolutely. Um, and again, make sure you check that out, and that'll be coming up later today. So I'll have to bail out for that, and Paul will hold down the fort until I can make my return. Make sure you go subscribe to the Giants Little Podcast, the long-term, long-form interviews, Giants players and coaches, front office staff, you name it, this week, a couple good episodes up there. My interview with Sean O'Hara. And then, of course, um, we had Bob Papa talking to Bart Oates against um, a very uh, famous Giants-Washington game from the 80s. So go check that out on the Giants Huddle podcast. All right, 201-939. Again, you can find that Giants app. Search for it on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, I know some Giant fans have been calling up about the draft and stuff. So go check out draft season. We do a weekly draft podcast. We've been doing it since uh, August. Tony Pauline and I talk draft. We've just gone through all our position rankings over the past four or five weeks. Again, just go search for draft season or find it on the Giants app. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Roy in Charleston will lead us off today. Hi, Roy. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. What's up? Um, you know, first of all, the content on the huddle with uh, Sean O'Hara is just great because, you know, being an O-line guy, he knows it and breaks it down. And the same with um, with uh, uh, Cross, uh, you know, it's just great to hear, you know, some of these legends break it down for us. I really have been enjoying the content, and it makes me wonder, I wonder if other football teams have as much content as the Giants do. Um, not from a podcast. I, I, I can tell you, Roy, not, not from a podcast perspective. Not everyone has a Pearson Butler to post all these podcasts up. So, And, and Pearson, you know, he needs a raise. He's he He's does. He does need a raise. Work. Yeah, I know. He does. He does, he does. a great job. Absolutely. So, I'll send your check yep. shortly. So, uh, there you go. Um, so thanks a lot. Anyway, you know, um, Paulie, I remember we we talked last. We we talked earlier in the season about how last year we had all of these injuries, and you know, Wendell Robinson, and the list went on and on last year about and how in the beginning of this year we were talking about how you know. It was exciting to see these guys, you know, the possibility of these guys coming back and really being game changers. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, we thought that we were going to have a great season. But remember last year when we hired, um, when we hired Joe Shane and Coach Dayball, you know, we said that this was going to be a process. Right. You know, we're not turning it overnight. And, you know, last season was a wonderful season. I couldn't have been more happier as a Giants fan. This season sucked, but again, it's part of the process. We've had some issues that have. What was the word that you used last week? It was not overwhelming, but it was 
maybe you maybe you said extraordinary. I of, think extraordinary was probably the word, but to more to more exact uh, recollection, it was the perfect storm. So many different there things have have collided together to sabotage That's the exactly season. Exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, I mean, is there another NFL team that is is using their third string quarterback? Well, I don't think so. this is actually the year where a lot of teams probably, mm. some more teams than usual probably are. I think 10 mm-hmm. rookies have started games this year. It's yep. been a very, very rough year in terms of quarterbacks. I'm trying to think of what team has used a third stringer this year. Uh, I mean, the Browns, you know, they use Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and P.J. Walker. So one of those guys is technically a third stringer, right? So right. the Browns would be on that I'm list. I'm going to look right now. Uh, the Jets have not gone to their third string quarterback, though some would argue they should have. I know <laughs> Yeah, I know the Vikings are using Dodds, but he's second. He's the backup, or was he third string? No, uh, they traded for for him to be the backup. Um, bu- 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 Titans uh, are using Levis. They've yeah. gone through Tannehill and Willis. Yep. So yep. That's, that's okay. Yep, yep. So that'll be three okay. guys for them, so, Paul. That's a good one. Uh, so let me see who else. A, Go ahead. This has been a rough quarter. This has been a rough quarterback uh, year for uh, NFL teams across the board, and it's been a rough O line season. You know, and so, you know, we've got these young guys, you know, that are still learning. You know, Schmidt, um, you know, thank you, Lord, for, for uh, um, uh, Pew to come back and do exceedingly well for a guy coming off, uh, coming off the couch. He said that, you know, so it's just been remarkable uh, on some of the way, on some of the, the players that have been giving it all the, that they can that they can give. So anyway, I just want you know we got a lot of we got a lot of fans that are just kind of going off the going off the rails. Oh, we need to we need to hire first round our first pick. We need a quarterback and blah 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 blah. You know, let's just take a breath. You know, hopefully we can maybe win some games the rest of the season. I'm not I'm not trying to be a pie in the sky um, um, fan, but I'm looking at reality. Maybe we got some games that we can win this year. We've been devastated by the perfect storm on both sides of the of the field and even in special teams. And so, you know, just just take a take a break. Uh, and you know, I I like Daniel Jones. I've always liked Daniel Jones. I always thought that if he had the right O-line and the right scheme, which he did last year and he was healthy. So, I believe he's our franchise quarterback, and I think we'll we'll, you know, I think Barkley will be our franchise running back. But, you know, um, you know, stuff happens. And we, unfortunately, have been at the bottom of the hill where the stuff has been rolling down and we've been catching it. But, you know, um, I'm hoping that we can turn this around, uh, get a couple of games under our belts, you know. And and one thing I remember Wink said um, in his press conference a couple of days ago, or maybe it was Dayball, these guys are giving it all they can. They're 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 competing, executing not that great, but they're competing. So hopefully the execution will come up this weekend, and um, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, that's that's what I have to say. I, I've heard some guys. Uh, uh, I think it was Wilson. Maybe he was just he's not going to call you anymore, John. <laughs> I'll believe that when I see it. By the way, Roy. <laughs> right. Well, guys, have a great weekend. Let's you too, Big Blue. I appreciate it, Roy. Good stuff, man. By the way, folks, get on the line. I'm going to have to dip out of here in about five minutes. Paul will need a couple of callers to kind of 
give him something to talk about while I'm or gone. Pearson and I'll chat it up. You, you could you could chat with Pearson. <laughs> that's true. Oh, maybe you can get back to trying to set him up with somebody like uh, like the last time you're on with him by yourself. Well, I mean, it didn't really work out so well, did it? Wow, Pearson, is everything okay there? Everything everything's working out? I'm fine. I don't need the <laughs> oh, okay. shout outs. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm just checking. Okay. I'll, that that's always an option if if nobody calls in or if somebody calls with with some opportunities for Pearson, that that that's always good too. The, the, At 201-939-4513. This becomes a dating show. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I, I'm going I'm going to leave a um an email up for you Paul that that you can summarize here okay. when I go. Um this is two points in there. I think that'll cover you for a decent amount of the 10 minutes here. Uh but look, this is not and I know Giant fans probably don't care about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is not the Cowboys game last week, right? Where eight things were going to have to go right for the Giants to figure out a way to win that oh, game. Oh, yeah, there's Dallas an easier path to victory. Yes. and Agreed. It's it's still a difficult path? Yes. It's still a difficult path. Well, this team is challenged. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. But, look, there will be opportunities to move the ball on this Washington team if Tommy DeVito's execute and the offense executes well enough to do it. Mm-hmm. There are going to be opportunities. We'll see if they can't execute well enough to get that done. But... This line, which frankly protected pretty well against the Commanders in the first time they played them they four weeks ago. They did. They should be able to do it again because Andrew Thomas was not playing in that game mm-hmm. even, correct? correct? That was Justin Pugh at left, correct. left tackle in that game. So the line should be better. Yes. All right? And and Saquon Barkley's running the ball pretty well lately. He is. And you hope that with the Washington issues on the back end, catching the football, uh, you know, covering guys and, and preventing big plays, that you can get something out of it. So... There are look, you're gonna have to score 20 points to win this game. I think, all right, unless the Giants' defense can somehow you know start dominating again. But I'm looking at 17 or 20 points. That's where you got to get for the offense, and the defense is gonna have to hold Washington to around 17 or 20. And that's gonna be, I think, where this. If the Giants are gonna win, that's gonna be about where this game is gonna be. I like 24-20 Giants. They, if not. they can get the 24, I feel good about it. I'll believe that when I see it. How many times have they gotten the 24 this year? Twice. Uh, do I even, should, should I even bother no, looking no, no, that no, up? No, 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 I, I, I don't even want to think about that. No, I'm looking it up. What, what I want to think about, I'm not looking at the rest of the schedule. Those games are done. They're buried. They're finished. I'm looking at a team that I'd like to believe can take advantage of the holes in the Washington defense. Once. And, and has the... Arizona. The energy and the gumption to try oh, to go boy. out there and get a feel-good game. That's what I'm looking at. Oh my because gosh. this is a team you can do it against. Do you want a do do you want a sad statistic? Go ahead. The Giants have only scored over sixteen points once this year. Yeah, I didn't realize that when the I was looking at game. it. Didn't we score seventeen last week? That's right. Oh, I yeah, I did. Right. I didn't. Yeah, you're right. So they right. okay, fine. They've scored over seventeen points yeah. once this year. Thank you. I knew it was over twenty just Thank once. You. It was the it was the Cardinals see, game. See, ladies, he's good with numbers. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! I and he can cook. Can he? I don't think he can actually. Oh, I I heard I heard he could. Oh, really? What? That's not true. No. Pearson, what do you cook? I don't. Okay, well there you go. Well, okay. So, so Paul, where did you hear that he cooks? I it must have been misinformation. Well, who's who's talking about Pearson's cooking ability? That's what I want to know. Well, there's a lot of discussions that go on wow. in the production room. There's a lot of c- discussions about Pearson in the production room. See, that, that's why I stay over here. See, Pearson, I have nothing to do with this, by the way. Just FYI, I don't know what's happening over there on your end of the building. We're all big fans but... of his. I mean, this is all complimentary stuff here. No, I, I have nothing to say about telling, Pearson. I'm not telling people there's stuff you can't do because as far <laughs> as I know, there's everything you can do. 
and more. I appreciate that, Paul. You're welcome. Oh, boy. <laughs> 201-939-4513. Okay, I'm going to work my way down the hall. Do what you got to uh, do. But in the meantime, let me bring up the calls for you here, Mr. I, I have that on my screen. Oh, you got it. Okay. What I don't have is the email, so leave the email. I will leave the email leave up the email for you so there. you can read this, okay? Yep. But uh, I, it's a very long email, so you're, so you're going to have to kind of skim through it as you go. Okay. But uh, enjoy that. I'm going to step away. Hopefully, I'll be back in about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, Paul, enjoy. All right. Now, are these two callers, Pearson, on the line, Ron and Tim, are they, are they currently active? If they are, let's try going to line one and talk to Ron from Glenrock. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, Paul. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? So, I'm good, thank you. I'm disappointed like everyone else. I understand. But, um, something, I'm a season ticket holder, and I'll continue to be, by the way. But um, a few weeks ago, and I don't know who it was. It could have been Howard. And we, we talk constantly about offensive line. And the comment was made that, well, you can't find offensive line just anywhere, and, and this week I think you looked at free agency. But this is a comment that threw me off a little bit, mm-hmm. that colleges don't prepare offensive linemen for the NFL. Yeah, they're not. They're not Could doing you elaborate it. on that? Sure. And, but, but why? Well, because it's the college coach's responsibility to win games, to make the uh, alums – the sponsors, the donors, as happy as possible. They're not in the business of developing guys for the pros. Their primary responsibility is to make sure they win to draw money into the university. Okay? So what they're going to do, I'll give you a great example. Okay? This is just one example, but there are others. Joshua Zudu at North Carolina, one of the Giants' young offensive linemen. He... His development as a potential pro player was significantly hindered, and I've talked to him about this, and he's aware of it, by the fact that North Carolina played him at four different offensive line positions over the course of his career with the Tar Heels. He became a versatile, skillful, um, versatile offensive lineman, but a master of none of the positions. Now, Mm. one of the scouts who consulted with North Carolina and him before he came out of the draft a year early told told the people down there that if he stays another year and is allowed to play one position, specifically guard, he will become much better, he will hone and polish his skills as a guard, and he will be a second-round NFL draft choice. Because he needs to focus in on one spot and develop his skills at that one spot. But the problem was, well, the problem was, to finish the thought, the problem was Joshua, after being bounced around to four different positions, and many times he would play multiple positions in the same game. We talk about versatility being valuable, but it's not when you're trying to develop your skills in the early stages of your career. That's not when it's necessarily valuable. And so he did not necessarily believe that if he came back to North Carolina for his final season, that they would keep him in one spot. So he figured, you know what, I'll go into the draft. Even though I'm raw, I'll go into the draft. He winds up getting picked in the third round by the Giants. And so, since he's been here, he's been injured and hasn't really had a chance to polish up his craft. 
I, and I understand that, particularly from his perspective. But if the college coaches are trying to win, do you think that the offensive line in particular stand out as being the position that's least prepared for the NFL? Well, to be honest with you, it, it actually goes throughout. Because I'll, I'll give you more of an example. You have quarterbacks in college who have never taken a snap under center. When they get to the pros, there will be playbooks that require certain chapters that you take the ball under center. And it is something that scouts and general managers will look at when they're looking at quarterbacks coming into the league. They want to know, all right, when this guy has to go under center, how is his his skill set going to translate? Is he going to be able to do that? Because we do that some of the time. We're not in shotgun 100% of the time. And you, know, and you know where that manifests itself? In the footwork. In the footwork and in the ability to read defenses. Okay? Because when you're under center, all right, what happens... Right, that I understand. Yeah, all right, you get that you're in terms of your yeah, eye contact right. and all the reads. Yeah. This is a skill that if you've never done it in college, okay, if they don't help develop it, now when you get to the pro, pro uh, camp as a rookie, now these coaches have to start from scratch and say, okay, we're going to have to teach you how to do this. There's another great example, and I'll give you one more. Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee ran a very limited route tree at Tennessee. They made sure that in his route tree, he was always going to be in a spot where they could not provide press coverage against him defensively. So part of the question was when he gets to the pros and he's not going to be in a double up stack situation, how is he going to deal with one-on-one press coverage at the NFL level when he's never faced it at Tennessee? This is what I'm talking right. about. Okay, I just gave you three different positions. No, I know those are, those are great examples. You, you would, and I'm not a college football fan. I mean, I watch it, but I don't follow it like I follow the Giants. You would think part of a recruiting tool would be, hey, I'm going to prepare you better than the guy down the street for an NFL career. Uh, to that, some that, programs, right. that is. To most programs, it is not. Interesting. It is. Okay. You're coming to this school, and we're going to go to a bowl game, and you're going to play, and we're going to win, and rah, 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 go team. To, you know, to some schools, though, you're right. There are some schools. I'll give you a good example. Rutgers is not a powerhouse mm. college football team, right? Agreed. But who's yep. their head coach? Greg Schiano. Yep. who has had a lot of NFL experience, not only at the head coaching yep. level, but also at the assistant coaching level. How many guys come out of Rutgers every year and find themselves in NFL camps? A bunch of them. A You're right. Bunch it's more than them. you would think. Correct. It's a, right. Based on their college yeah. success, no. You'd say, well, well, come on, maybe one or two guys. That's not true. They'll get six, right. seven, eight, nine guys wind up in an NFL camp every July. And you're right. That, that's a good observation, and one wouldn't expect that from Rutgers. But, but that, right. that's because Shiano okay. does a better job than maybe some other programs do about prepping guys for the NFL. And that's not a knock mm-hmm. on Shiano. But obviously, no, I think it's a plus. <laughs> well, it, it depends on the angle you're coming from. Right? Right. Right? right. Do, you, do you want your guy to get NFL preparation or do you want your guy to play in the Fiesta Bowl, you know, for, you know, a chance to go to the playoffs or to be part of the national championship thing? What, right. what, what do you, what do you want? 
because those things I, are I right. they're not mutual. They don't they don't always coexist. Right. One real fast thing I'll go. He's a local guy, as you know. I'm still mad at him when he coached Tampa Bay and we took the knee to end the game and he jumped over the line. Remember that game? Understood. Understood. Yep. Uh, there were a lot of people who didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that one at all. But thanks for the insight. I appreciate uh, You're welcome. You taking my call. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Good phone call. 201-939-4513. Tim in Charleston is next on BBKL. Hello, Tim. Good morning. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Um, I'm okay. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I guess I'm okay. Uh, I called out sick today because I just couldn't I'm sorry. Work. No, no. I just, I just, just, I just, never mind. It's personal. But um, <laughs> anyhow, so I got three quick things. One is the third point from last week, which I absolutely spaced and forgot. And it was a comment on Leonard Williams. And this is the way I look at the Leonard Williams thing. Yeah, we miss him. Yeah, our defense isn't as good with him. Yeah, maybe he would help us win a game or two if he was still here. But in the big scheme of things, is that really going to make a difference in the outcome of our season and making the playoffs? No. So we sacrificed some you know, short-term difficulty for future growth. And he's going to be a free agent. You know, we have the same chance as everyone else of, of having him on our roster next year. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because so many people are, like, freaking out and blaming and everything. Oh, they should have traded Leonard. Well, we got something for him. Well, we got nothing Tim, but a comp. I'm going to let you finish, there. but I'll throw out two very quick points about the Leonard Williams trade. And you guys all know I'm a huge Leonard Williams fan. I was thrilled when they got him. I'm happy he was here for as long as he was and that he experienced a playoff season last year. They got more back than when they traded to get him from the Jets, right? Yep. Remember, it was a three and a five. They got back a two and a five, and I know they had to throw some cash into the deal, but that's fine, okay? It was a very good trade for the Giants. Having said Absolutely. that, because of the way that Joe Shane handled his business and called Leonard Williams up and said, look, we're not shopping you but we've got an offer on the table. We think it might be better for everybody. What do you want to do? And Leonard Williams said, yeah, you know, I appreciate the way you're going about this. I can understand it. Yeah, let, let, let's go ahead and do this. My understanding, and again, I'm getting this from Leonard Williams' camp, not from the Giants' camp. Leonard Williams' camp is leaving the door open, and I know the Giants are willing to listen. I don't know what the money's going to be, but Leonard Williams is not closing the door on the possibility of actually re-signing with the Giants after the season's over. How would you feel about okay. that? I'd, I'd be fine with it if we got him at the right price, and we do have some money this year. And, I, and I, I, li I always like Leo. The money is going to be a significant concern because obviously a guy who is now on the back nine of his career, if they are able to bring him back, and I know they love him inside, in the locker room and, and in the front office, I think they'd be amenable to it, but the number's going to have to be very, very digestible for them to do that. I don't know where Leonard stands with it, other than he really enjoyed being a giant, and I know he will. There'll, there'll be contact there. Whether or not it winds up happening, I can't answer that today. But there'll be contact. I'm pretty sure. So uh, my my last couple of quick points is. Um, it's funny because you know I don't know if you're on Facebook a lot, but you get memories every oh, day. Oh, I I am not on Facebook. Anybody who knows me knows okay. I am not on that. I had nothing to do All with right. it. But 
But every day you get, you can look back at all the things you posted before on the same date. And I have this post from today in 2018, so five years ago, that the Giants have scored 30 or more points just once in the last 41 games. And I was like, I, I, haven't, ha- I haven't had the, I want to do the exercise of going since then and see how many times we have, but I know it's not a lot. But the funny thing is in 2015, they actually uh, got 30 or more points seven times in Coughlin's last year before they let them go. Um, so I, I just wanted to share that because I kind of smiled sadly inside when I saw that because I said, boy, not a lot has changed. Um, and then just a shout out to Roy and Charleston. Um, you know, we met because of your show and uh, good, to, good to hear another great call from Roy. And, oh, one last thing I wanted to ask. The Brian Dable show, does Pearson produce that as well? I'm a part of it. I'm not the head producer. Oh, because that thing is just stitched together so perfectly and professionally. That's so a team of a people, great, very you, good people. You, yeah, you, you do a great job, though, Pearson. So I'll be your union rep. Let's get you that raise. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> We're very right, thanks, we're, thank you so much. We're very proud, and I appreciate you throwing the uh, bouquet of flowers out to the Brian Dable Show. It was a finalist this past year for the uh, New York Sports Emmy Awards, and we didn't get the trophy. Okay, we didn't get it, but we were one of the three finalists, right, Pearson? That's correct. And and I I you know being a part of that show, and I have two segments on the program is a very proud moment for me uh, in a season that has been filled with a lot of disappointment. To be a uh, one of the three finalists for for an Emmy award was was really really cool. So so thank you for mentioning that. And of course for you folks who may or may not be from the area, the Brian Dable Show runs every Thursday uh, on MSG Network. But we also post it on the Giants website, uh, Giants.com. And I believe Pearson it goes on the YouTube channel too, does it not? Yep. So if you have the Giants YouTube channel, you can also see it there as well. And hey, look, it's one hour. Uh, we break down all the different angles for the game with, with video highlights, Carl Banks' strategy. We have interviews on there. We have fun over-unders, and we talk about certain key matchups. And, of course, the coach does a, a sit-down with Carl Banks and Bob Papa every week uh, to discuss the state of the team. So it gets you as prepared as you're going to be uh, for the upcoming game on the weekend. And it runs usually – the premiere is on Thursday nights on MSG – and then it winds up running, I believe, five or six times uh, before the kickoff actually runs on uh, or, or takes place on Sunday. It'll run Friday night a couple times, two or three times on, on Saturday. Then it runs again on Sunday morning. So, you know, check out your local listings. It's on MSG Networks and, again, uh, the Giants.com as well as the Giants YouTube site. And it's the Brian Dable Show. So thank you so much uh, for that comment. And I just want to shout out Dom Silva. He did win a sports Emmy for the Nick Gates back in the game, which was a really cool piece, as you know, Paul. Yeah, that, that was a, a short feature that had to do with Gates and his leg surgery, which I shouldn't say surgery. It was multiple. It was seven surgeries, I believe. And, uh, yeah, uh, Dom won, uh, won a, a particular Emmy just for that. You know, I don't know. Did we ever announce any of the stuff that we won? There was another Emmy that was given out to another one of our programs, which the whole crew back in the production studio worked on. Uh, it had to do with, I think it was a, a feature program on All In. Is that, is that yeah, the other one that won it, as well? It may have been that 10-year anniversary of the 2011. Right. 2021. Right. Yep, the All In. That one, that one got 
a New York Sports Emmy Award as well. Uh, so we we did wind up with a couple of trophies this year. It won't be a Lombardi, but we got a couple of Emmys. So that was pretty cool. So shout out to everybody on the production staff. Uh, you know, we, we, we got a good crew here. We're, we're all very good teammates, and, and we appreciate each other very much. And thank you again for the shout out on that, Tim. Uh, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Another uh, 20 minutes or so to the program. Now, let me get to this email. Let me just move the mic here a little bit because i got to read this email off John's computer. Uh, Chris Tasky apparently has an email here. Says uh, he loves the Giants. Uh, let's see. I went to my first NFL game ever in Las Vegas. That would have been the game against the Raiders just a short time ago, of course. He says the venue was great. Okay, great. Uh, enjoyed the game. But da, 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 I guess we're closing the gap. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Love the fact that there was energy uh, for the Giants in the building. And I must say, being on the sideline, there were a lot of blue shirts on the Giants' half of the stadium. A big, big ups to the Giants fans who must have made their reservations earlier in the year and decided they were going to go through with those trips and made it out to Vegas to cheer on the team. We we have seen, you know, uh, some really, really strong fan support throughout the course of what, again, has been a, a scuffling kind of season for this team. But, but when this team goes on the road, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there on the sideline behind the Giants bench uh, for road games. So I see firsthand exactly what's going on in the lower deck on that side of the field. And there has been a lot of big blue support. So I know the fans and the coaches and the front office certainly appreciate that. All right, let's see what else uh, Chris wants to say here as I continue to read through a very, very long email. Okay, he says here, uh, let's see, looking for thoughts. First on the defense, uh, he wants to know about Wink's complicated defense. He's he's questioning maybe if the personnel is good enough to to run some of the stuff that Wink's trying to run, especially some of the man-to-man D. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think it is when the roster's intact. But, you know, they've gotten pretty beaten up. We've just told you that we're not even sure about Jackson and Flott being available for for this weekend's game. And so, you know, you have to still kind of run what you are. And even Wink admitted that they made some, some tweaks. They were running more zone last week because they had to. And, and then as Wink explained, what happens is when you're running a zone and then teams like Dallas are taking a bunch of deep shots, you have to come out of your zone to chase the deep ball that's being thrown. And so now it looks like man coverage to the people watching. But in truth, the call was a zone. And they had to come out of it during the play to try to, to, try to defend it. So don't get confused with what you see. This is why we tell people all the time, don't pay attention to your numbers, people, who sell you these charts and these graphs and these grades. Don't pay attention to them, okay? Because they don't know what's really going on. They are people just taking a glance, whether they're at the stadium. I don't even know if they're there. For all I know, they may be watching on TV, And the truth of the matter is, when you watch on TV, you're not seeing the whole picture. You're not seeing the whole field. Yes, you can see the whole field on the All-22 if you have NFL Plus Premium. I get that. But you still don't know the call. 
So, you know, a lot of these things are just so mutated. And people, people, I get it. You want grades. You want numbers. You want to be able to quantify things. So, okay, we'll believe whatever they say is gospel. Unfortunately, that's not the smartest thing to do. All right, so anyway, he's also talking about getting penalties uh, on defense. Well, we know that uh, Deontay Banks, or Tay Banks as he likes to be called, is very physical, and he does have to find a way to be more crafty and to avoid penalties or find ways to get away with them. How about that? I'll take either one. Uh, That would be a good thing. He says here on offense, uh, he wants to criticize uh, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator. Uh, He's talking about, uh, let's see. Uh, He says all these plays, uh, we have a bunch of gadget plays, and they've done nothing. He wants to use a jet sweep to Paris Campbell. Uh, Paris Campbell played a lot more in the first part of the season and got a lot of targets. And you know what? He wound up being the short guy or the check down guy or the dump off guy. He was averaging under 10 yards a catch for a wide receiver that has speed in the four threes, I believe, is what he was timed at coming out of Ohio State. Now, they were forced to do that because there were questions about the line at the time as they were just starting to come together against very tough defensive fronts. And, you know, they were they were kind of using him as a, as a safety valve. So he wasn't getting very deep. And quite honestly, his production was, was not very high. Paris Campbell's actually proven more worthy to the Giants right now as a kickoff returner than he did as a wide receiver, to be frank with you. And I like what he's done in the kickoff game. Uh, Thomas McGahee, the special teams coordinator was just talking about that uh, the other day. He said, hey, you know, we're coming close to breaking one. They like his speed. They like his strength. They like his gumption. I think that uh, Oshevsky, Gunnar Oshevsky's also been a very good find on punt returns. Very confident, very assertive. He's averaging just under 10 yards a return, which if you know anything about the Giants' punt return game in recent years, that's pretty darn good. And, and he does handle the ball extremely well. So, anyway, I know I'm getting off track. Uh, he also wants to know, uh, let's see, um, he says, uh, why not play a vanilla defense until the team acquires more people who can do more? Well, that's not the nature of what the team does, okay? The, this team is about, especially if you're undermanned, if you understand, you, you may be undermanned talent-wise, But at least if you understand the scheme and you understand the assignment, remember, every play has three parts to it. Alignment, assignment, and execution. Those are the three things you must have on every play to make it functional. Well, the alignment and the assignment part, that stuff is mental more so than anything else. You have to know where you're supposed to be and then what you're supposed to do when you get there. The execution part is physical. Now, for the most part this season, if you have watched the Giants games, especially if you've intelligently, with some understanding of the game, watched the All-22, you will have seen that the Giants have not necessarily been a team loaded with mental errors. It's been physically, they just haven't been able to get the job done. They're playing a lot of backups, The snowball kind of gets rolling down the hill against them. The momentum, the game flow, and the defense in many instances has has been overextended, and they know 
that the offense is limited. They know that once they're behind, it's 10 times more difficult to come back. And I think they lose some of their gumption. Now, the effort is still there, but subconsciously, I think maybe some of the gumption does tend to wane a little bit when you know you're in this predicament. And that's just human nature. Now, I'm saying that. The coaches are not. The coaches are still very pleased with the effort they're getting for the full 60 minutes every week. And I'm not saying they're not getting it. I'm simply saying that subconsciously, I know what it's like to be deflated when you get down by a couple of scores and you pretty much know your offense is not going to be able to rally. That's that's a rough spot for anybody to be in. Pearson, did you did you play high school ball at all? Uh, I played not football, no. All right, baseball? Yeah, I played basketball. Basketball, yeah. baseball. Okay. Now, now I get it. I get it. These guys are pros. They're making big bucks. They're professional players. You want to max out effort every minute of every game. But you know that if your offense in any sport is, is, is handicapped, for lack of a better word, and shorthanded, you know that when you get down, and it's not just one score or one run or two baskets, but when you, when you are down, you are trailing, and you know that the offense is so limited that the odds of them being to overcome that deficit is, is a whisper, human nature says you're going to be deflated. Right? I mean, <laughs> that's just the way it is. And so what you have is a confluence of events, and that may be another word that, that they were looking for earlier in the show, that has put this defense in such a worn-out scenario, not necessarily physically, but mentally and emotionally in a worn-out scenario where I know for a month or so they were playing really, really well, but maybe right now, Mentally and emotionally, they're a little worn out, John. And so uh, we took some calls. I just went over the email that you showed me from Chris and was just finishing up that uh, that conversation as he was uh, asking some questions about maybe some of the schematics that the Giants have been using. Yeah, look, and look, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, we we go through this every year. I, I hate to just keep repeating myself. I mean, you're at this point, schematics is the least of your trouble. Right. I mean... It is. I mean, if you you can't block and look, I feel like I've had this conversation every year for the past six years. So, uh, and I don't know if I've been proven right or not, but the fact that you keep changing schematics and coaches and nothing ever changes and the offensive line still a problem, I think it tells you what the answer is, right? Look, you know, when you can't block anybody and you have your third string quarterback out there, the problem's not schematics. We we watch this team, and that isn't anything against Tommy DeVito either, by the way. That's just the facts of life. Well, he's in 50 feet of deep water. Yeah, he's an undrafted rookie free agent. This is it's this, hard. It's a heck of a spot I would to say be that, in. I would say the same thing about Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I say the same thing about Aiden O'Connell. I'd say the same thing about any of right. these. The Tyson Bajan. Any of those guys, I'd say the same thing about. All right. Now, anyway, what, what I was trying to explain to, to, uh, to our, our email uh, fellow, Chris, you know, one of the things you have to talk about is that this team, and, I, and, and maybe you've noticed it, maybe you haven't, this team doesn't have a lot of busted coverages. They've got guys who have gotten beat. They've gotten receivers who have made plays against them. Quarterbacks who have made plays against them. Mental mistakes in the not secondary. A ton. Not a not ton. Not a ton. Guys have been wide open. But Again. That's more guys getting beat than execution. Right. I mean, you would see D Lamb wide open in the middle of the defense last week. That wasn't great. Um 
Yeah, I would say for the most part, it, it, it isn't it isn't busts. It's more guys just getting beat. And there have been other seasons, and again, you're free to disagree with me. There have been other seasons under previous coaches and coordinators where we saw weekly busted coverage. Yes, I agree with all that. The time. Yes, I agree with that. And we're not seeing that now. So that, to me, uh, would be the best argument that I could give uh, the emailer, Chris, that schematics, no. Don't don't mess with the schematics Yeah, and, and I know we asked specifically about jet sweeps. I mean, they've run jet sweeps with Lando Robinson a well, fair amount this year. I was mentioning what they were doing with Paris Campbell earlier in the year too and these were not exactly great plays for them. No, they haven't they haven't they haven't really worked. And the other part of it too guys and the problem is that once you go down big in these games, it changes everything. Can't use trick plays anymore. Changes because everything. Because no one's going to respect the trick. Right? All mm-hmm. right. Well, no one's going to charge on the end around and then you do a end around option pass or a flea flicker if no one's going to respect the first part of the the run fake or whatever the first part of that particular trick is because they're up by so many points, that, that trick play is not going to help you really necessarily. And by the way, uh, anything that you want to run fancy on offense, you better make sure you know that you've got the same starting five offensive linemen who are all on the same page, have chemistry, and have the ability to execute that play because trick plays usually take a little longer to run, John. Uh, that is also a good point. I agree with that, too. I got a bunch of emails here, and fans start the thing by saying, I just want someone to vent to. You don't have to read this on the air. And then it proceeds to be like 500 words. So I'm going to have to go through some of these and okay. basically summarize them as we go. Um, and and I did get a couple emails about, and you talk about play calling with Kafka. Look, Dave and Kafka are hand-in-hand hand with play Correct. calling. Correct. And we've talked about this all year when people made a big deal. It seems like Dave was talking a lot about like, these plays. These guys do the game plan together while Kafka mm-hmm. calls the plays. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Before they go out there, Dable and Kafka go through the play sheet. They're like, all right, well, in these situations, we're going to run this. In these situations, we're going to run that. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. I mean, all these guys are working together. And this is how it worked last year, too, when everything was hunky-dory. I was just going to say, <laughs> just because it's not working as well this year, but it did last year. Gee, gee. What has changed between last right. year and this year? How about the personnel yeah, on offense? I mean, like people, I mean, like again, again, guys, we, I understand your frustration and I understand the need or the want to point the finger and blame somebody for this. And again, in New York, I tell everybody the same thing. Here's the order it goes, okay? You start with the coach, you go to the best player, then you go to the front office. Yeah. That's the order. And I've seen it with the Knicks a bajillion times in the last yes, 25 years. That's the order. The coach goes first. Then you start, well, if the coach isn't the problem, it must be the best player that's the problem. So then you blame right. the best player. Right. And that goes back to Ewing, by the way, yep. when Ewing was here. And then if that doesn't work, well, then you got to change the general manager. And because everyone wants that silver bullet that says, all right, if you change that one thing, mm-hmm. then we can turn things around. Mm-hmm. Guys, when you're 2-8, and eight, and I'm not even going to look at the number, but I know you probably have twice as bad as a of a point differential than the team that's next – Worse mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. there is no silver bullet. Wick Martindale said yesterday, when you give up 600 yards and get beaten as badly as you do in Dallas, nobody played well. Thank period. you. End and, of story. Or coached well, he said. Correct. He said both. Correct. And that's true. Right. Yep. And, 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 and that's the thing. Again, folks, confluence of events, perfect storm. It is what it is. Uh, I was hoping, I think I said it on the program with you, maybe also with Lance, I was hoping second half of the season, my asterisk was, if the bulk of your starting lineup is in place, 
I wanted to see a 5-4 and four finish, which would have indicated better play, like you have said. I want to see improvement. I want to see better play. I would think that would have translated to 5-4. and four. But we're not seeing the bulk of that starting lineup. We're still seeing guys go down. Well, even if you see the bulk of the lineup, you don't have your quarterback. Bingo. Which is for starters, you don't have your the most important player on the field. You don't and have now, your backup either. Whenever Tyrod is able to get back, and if, if if and when they put him in there, then that'll have a different conversation because you can obviously do things with Tyrod Taylor. We saw that when he was here mm-hmm. uh, against Washington and Buffalo in the two games where he actually played pretty well in those games. Even he the did. point total, maybe point total wasn't great, but they reflect. moved the ball. He had over two hundred, over two fifty mm-hmm. against one of the teams, and he had over two hundred in the other yep. passing yards wise. So. Look, uh, you guys, uh, it is what it is. You you can't change how the last 10 games went, but to Paul's point, down the stretch here, I just want to see them play better. Like, the defense has to step up and play like they did for that three-game stretch against Washington, Buffalo, and uh, the Jets. That's what you need. Yep. If the defense comes out and plays like they did the last two weeks, you're going to have a lot more lop- lopsided games. It's just the way it is. Because with this offensive no question. line, um, and... Uh, third string undrafted rookie quarterback. If you're playing, you know, from behind, then you know you lose all those advantages that playing from ahead or in a close game gives you, like play action, running the ball, max protection, and that stuff disappears, and you have to become a straight drop back team. It's not going to go well. See, that's why for me, if the Giants are going to score over twenty, and I think they're capable of it, they've got to get the points early. And they've got to be in step with Washington. And talking to John Michael Schmitz, I first, the first thing I told him, I said, what do, you, what do you guys need to do to get the offense? We've got to start fast. Got to. The first thing out of his Got mouth. to score in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Because if they are caught in a negative game flow where they're trying to play catch up against Washington, we're going to see the same story we've seen. And they're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. They're just not. No, I'm with you. Paul, good stuff, my friend. All right, John. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. That's Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants. Um, I apologize if I was a little off today. I'm some, I might be concussed. I'm not sure. Do you see the wealth on the head? Uh, I was told you ran into something in the production. Yes, room. something. Uh, uh, they, were, they were doing a shoot, and like a little black bar was hanging off atop of one of these C-stands, and it was dark in the studio. Oh, so I man. didn't see it. I literally ran into the end of it, and I like iced on my head for twenty minutes. It hurt. It was. It was I it was, believe it was not that. Fun. Could have. I was thinking about this before. Like if that thing was a little bit lower and it got me in the eye. Oh my god! Don't think Could about that. Problem. So problem. now, now you know what it was like to face the Knicks with the no layup yes. rule and Charles Oakley in the paint. Yeah. So if, if you folks are watching this on video, you see like this big like was bleeding before, but it looks like a little. Oh like, my! It looks like a little um, racquetball. It drew blood. Oh yeah, it was bleeding. It was, it was like a little racquetball, like bulge coming out of my forehead. Oh, it's a here. lot smaller. Than That's that. why. Well, it looks I, like a marble now. Well, I had ice on it for twenty minutes. Good, you good seen move. It before it was, it was a problem. All right, all right. Uh, and while I was gone, uh, we didn't get Pearson any dates. No, it didn't work. I decided to back off. Oh, okay. He's I'm, a good man. I'm sure that made him happy. I hope so. Yeah. So now we won't. Now we only turn off my mic and not yours. For Paul Dottino, thank you to Pearson Butler. And uh, by the way, Big Blue Kickoff Live, special Saturday edition tomorrow at 9. Sean Marash and I, check it out. And then pregame show, uh, 11 a.m. on WFN on Sunday. Casillas, Paul, and I in pregame. Uh, check us out as we cover Giants and Commanders. We'll see you then.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.